0: The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. We do the digging so you don't have to. We've got breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Bringing you the biggest stories from the industry you care about. This is the Media Noise Podcast. Well, let's hear it. Now, here's your host, Dimitri Ravanos.
1: Welcome to the show for this week. Brady Farkas and Brian No are going to be my guests. Plenty of NFL topics to get into. Of course, we are going to talk about Tom Brady headed to Fox. We will get into all of that momentarily, but I'm going to start somewhere else. So first, let's talk about what we know so far about what is going to be called Bally Sports Plus, Sinclair's long-rumored, over-the-top streaming service direct-to-consumer that would deliver the teams that Bally Sports has programming partnerships with um, directly to customers in those markets. You know, as I'm recording this, it is less than 24 hours since it was revealed that ESPN Plus ch- uh, topped the 22 million subscriber mark. And I think that is a real victory. Obviously, there is a wealth of content on ESPN Plus that gets it to that point. Maybe 22 million subscribers is unrealistic for Bally Sports Plus, but I think this platform can be successful for a different set of reasons. First of all, while ESPN Plus offers a variety of content, it's great if you're a UFC fan. It's great if you're a fan of, uh, you know, like say the Youngstown State Penguins or the Indiana State Sycamores, right? Like smaller college football, basketball, baseball, they all end up on ESPN Plus. And I'm sure the Big 12 and some SEC programming for the, uh, you know, Olympic sports, are going to end up there as well. You know what's going to be on Bally Sports Plus? The NHL, the NBA, a few major league baseball teams, teams with decades, if not in some cases, a century of fandom built in. So I do think that there is going to be a level of team-specific interest that can make this thing a success. The other thing that Bally has working for it, and I hope Bally is smart enough, Sinclair is smart enough, to approach things this way and that is you don't have to fill out the programming Right, ESPN Plus's goal was to be a digital network. You do not have to do that if you are Sinclair and Bally. Just stream the stuff that is already on the RSNs and build your service around the games. Then the question becomes not, is this another streaming service worth adding? It becomes, is this a better investment for me than something like an NBA League Pass or MLB.TV? I don't know the answer to that. That's going to be a more one-to-one basis sort of thing, but if Bally approaches this from the standpoint of they are not trying to get you to spend on top of what you have, but replace some of the league-specific stuff and you get more of your local teams, I think they do stand a chance to succeed. Fox will add Tom Brady to its top NFL booth. When exactly? We don't know. Brady Farkas uh, has been covering Tom's career for a long time up in the New England area. Also uh, with the Believe in Patriots podcast as well. Plus he writes for the site. He is the perfect guy to talk about this. My initial reaction, Brady, I I don't know about yours, was uh, this is a really cool move for Fox. I wonder how long Tom Brady actually stays interested in this
2: hmm um see I hadn't thought of it like that my my first reaction is one is Tom Brady going to be good at this and my second reaction is wow I'm really surprised that Tom Brady wanted to do this at all because this brings up so many things that I thought that Tom Brady wasn't going to want to do or would impact other things that Tom Brady wanted to do so I thought less about you know, if he'll stay interested. I think when Tom Brady's committed to something, he's committed to something. I, I'm not so much worried about that. My my main reaction is this I'm shocked that he's doing this, period.
1: I mean, so $37.5 million a year reportedly is enough, I think, to keep anybody interested in anything would be my guess. But the reactions have been... Really interesting. Dan Patrick had a great one, which was: if we are getting Tampa Tom, that is awesome. If we are getting New England Tom, this is probably going to be pretty boring. The guy that you spent so much time focusing on in a Patriots jersey really does seem very different from the guy we see now down in Tampa. There, there really does seem to be a relaxing of Tom Brady, at least publicly, that comes with older age and I kind of would expect we get Tampa Tom in the booth. What do
2: you think? Well, I think we're going to get Tampa Tom, but I don't know that like Tampa Tom. I don't know that Tom loves Tampa Tom football wise, really. I mean, <laughs> all we've heard of, all we've heard about is that in football, Tom doesn't get along with Bruce Arians. It's too loose, it's not buttoned up. Football Tom is much more New Englandy than Tampa. But when Tom is off the football field, I think he's very capable of being personable and being um, energetic and 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 being engaging. So I just think I think that that's who Tom Brady is off the field in general. Um, so I, I think he'll he'll have a personality in this gig. I like I said, most of the reaction up here is just is just shock that he's doing this. Yeah. I, I thought that Tom, I thought that Tom Brady was going to step away from football and we weren't going to see him really. I, I thought that he was going to appear on the sideline at a handful of big games, you know, when the Patriots, you know, retire his number, et cetera, or put him in the Patriots ring of honor and all that. I thought he'd appear to do things. And other than that, I thought he'd stay largely out of the public eye, football-wise, at least. And this is going to put him square in the public eye for the next decade. And and it surprises me on multiple levels. One, we've been led to believe that the family stuff is a real issue. Mm-hmm. So while, while this is not as axing as a playing career it's still probably two to three nights a week where he's not at home and I thought that wasn't going to be the case it's also going to put him out there publicly more and he's going to get asked questions he's tried really hard to avoid I can't wait until week six in the NFL season when we hear about some rift between a quarterback and their head coach and he's on the herd and Colin's saying well hey Tom are you you played with Bill. How do you get through a rip? <laughs> he's going to have to answer those. Qu- and he's going to have to answer those questions that he's tried really hard not to answer. And can you imagine what you know, look while most of the Patriots games are on CBS? Can you imagine Tom's first game at Fox being a Patriots game that happens to be on Fox? And there he is in a production meeting with Belichick and Mac Jones. And that's going to be uncomfortable. I just didn't think he would do this for all of those reasons.
1: You know, you, you mentioned something early on about that, you know, football-wise, Tom probably wants to be more of uh, Patriots Tom than he does Buccaneers Tom. But, you know, for all of the question marks about why Fox would commit so much money, I think Dan Lebatard said to someone that has never said anything interesting, um, the idea— that around football, he still wants to be patriot. Tom to me seems like evidence he just might succeed at this in a, in a big, big way. Because you know, it's not like these jobs particularly learning teams inside and out in the space of a week. It's not like that's not work, and and he clearly loves work.
2: Yeah, no, he does love work. I think he can be good at it. And but I think the thing that's going to be hard for him, is, or there's going to be a challenge, is. Is he's gone so far out of his way in his career to not be confrontational, mm. and not that you have to be confrontational as a broadcaster, but these are going to be his peers, guys that he played against, guys that he played with, and he's going to have to be critical. And I've done enough interviews with athletes turned broadcasters over the years that they they all say that is a hard thing to do. The piece I wrote for, for Barrett a couple of weeks ago on Lou Maloney, I asked him about how how he goes about being critical of guys. And he said, it was a lot harder when I first got into it because I knew all these guys. Now it's easier because I'm more removed from it, but Brady knows all these guys and he's gone so far out of his way to not ruffle feathers. He's going to have to say some things that probably ruffle feathers. And I think that's going to be uncomfortable for him too. So if he is, if he is willing, I think he'll have personality. I think he'll be able to make the witty side comment. The thing he's going to have to get used to or get over is not wanting to rock the boat when it comes to calling guys out. I'll have to find a way to professionally do it. But, I, you know, it's another reason why I was surprised he did it. But I think that's going to be his biggest thing to overcome. Not He's got the work ethic. He's got the personality. It's just about trying to figure out a way to, um, you know, like I said, not, not ruffle feathers.
1: Since I am recording this with Brian no, we do not yet know the full NFL schedule. We're recording this on the day of the night that the NFL does its big schedule release special on both ESPN2 and the NFL Network. Brian, you wrote about this this week, that the NFL is the master of turning non-events into events. I think this is the ultimate example, right? Because there is nothing dumber than getting this excited for a list of dates, basically
0: yeah it's hilarious isn't it and it just shows the nfl will take whatever is working and just give it give us more of it where the schedule release it's been an event it's like a three-hour event on multiple <laughs> networks and the nfl's like hey you know instead of releasing all the games on one day how about we do it gradually with some international games here and here's your week two monday night football doubleheader there it's just it's a smarter way to do it, to stay top of mind. It was just the other day where it's going to be the Broncos and the Rams on Christmas Day. And it's talked about, of course, it's going to be on sports radio and the TV shows. It's just smarter to wring every droplet of value out of it that you can. And that's what they're doing this year.
1: Well, look at the games they're zeroing in on to really ring uh, ring a little bit more out of. The first one were the international games, highlighted by the first ever game in germany the next one was the monday night double header which they announce on good morning america on abc and then you have the christmas day game which in and of itself is a big deal because we're getting a triple header on christmas but the added element of and oh by the way this is also going to be nickelodeon's first uh regular season Mm -hmm. game i mean everything released before the full special on thursday night gave you a reason to talk about it beyond just here are the two teams
0: yeah in the The funniest thing was one of their only missteps. They released the, uh, the chargers and chiefs game (laughs) in week two. It's going to be the first game on Amazon prime video. They released that on the Thursday of the draft during the first round, like it was earlier that day. And it's like, no one is talking about that. You know what I mean? It's all about, it's all about the first round, but I mean, whatever, right. The, the, they did a good job overall. I think that was one of their only missteps. I wouldn't be surprised. D. You might see this in the not too distant future where they might release a game for each team. I, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know where the gradual progression goes, but you might start to see that where there are a lot more teams included in the days leading up to the actual full unveiling as obnoxious as this sounds. It's, crazy but it is it's smart marketing to just give people more of what they are buying
1: no for sure i mean i could definitely see some version of this where down the road you know we are still getting the big good morning america um whatever is it was cbs this morning did the the nickelodeon announcement on uh, on wednesday i could see a version where we're still getting those and then You know, whether it's local radio stations, whether it's local TV, like local markets are getting there. You know, that's where you go to announce, hey, big news, we've got the Texans or yeah, we've got the Texans and Jaguars in week four. You know what I mean? I mean, nobody Mm -hmm. outside of Houston or Jacksonville is excited. But Houston and Jacksonville would be excited to get their own special announcement for that kind of game. I want to circle back on Thursday night football because you just mentioned it in that answer. You know, again, and I'll remind the listeners, as Brian and I are talking, we have not seen the full schedule yet. The belief is that this is going to be the best Thursday night football lineup ever All 14 playoff teams will have a Thursday night game that is driven largely by the fact that this is not just a new media partner. This is a new frontier for the NFL. Streaming exclusive, not a streaming exclusive game, but a streaming exclusive night of the week. It feels like, you know, on the one hand, this is awesome forethought to really deliver big, big games for Thursday night football on Amazon. On the other hand... Like, Jesus, how much more money does the NFL need out of it? <laughs>
0: yeah. Two entities that really are not hurting for money at all are like, how do we earn more money? Yeah, but uh, you're right. It's It should be an exceptional Thursday night lineup because the NFL wants it to work, <laughs> right? Like right. they have this great new partner and it's new. And think about if, digital works what that could lead to financially so yeah they want it's a little bit deep it's a little bit like um sports gambling where a lot of these companies whether it's DraftKings or fan duel they don't just say hey sign up and uh welcome to the club thumbs up right they give you some type of promotion <laughs> it's bet five bucks and get 250 free <laughs> if your 25 point favorite wins outright right like so I think it's a little bit like that where they want to give you a little incentive to get in the door, and once you're in the door, they've got you. So I would expect an exceptional Thursday night line.
1: Yeah, I, I wish I could remember which book it was that did this when gambling went uh, legal in Tennessee. That Obviously, that's a big college football market, right? And it was, you know, bet $10, and if anybody gets one rushing yard, you get a $200 bonus. <laughs> that's <right. laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i love that it's so obnoxious right like that ten dollars and if there is a completed pass you win 200 or whatever it's crazy so, let me ask you this because
1: <laughs> you mentioned that this could lead to you know what what could the success of amazon lead to in terms of streaming we are getting an espn plus exclusive this year it is going to be one of the london games i i would be okay i would hate to see Everything moved to streaming, but I would be okay if it meant that more games were available nationally. If it meant that ESPN had a package and ESPN2 had a package, that would be okay by me. Could you see fans getting on board with something like that?
0: I I think the the real truth of it is we're such NFL junkies. I mean, they're going to get a huge portion of their audience that is just going to find the NFL wherever it is. And you're going to get that segment of people that are just like, what, I can't turn on my TV and watch the game, screw (laughs) this. You will have some of those people. But they know that they're going to have a healthy portion of their audience, which is huge. Find the NFL wherever it is, and if they can get more money out of that, they're probably going to. I'm torn on that, D, because I just don't want to have nine streaming platforms to find this game here and that game there. We've just turned on the TV for so long, and it has its advantages for doing so. So I just hope it doesn't become obnoxious where the Big Ten is on Apple and this other network – has this other conference. I just hope it doesn't get crazy like that, but that is absolutely, we're taking steps toward that being our reality.
1: (laughs) I was about to say, oh, buddy, do I have bad news for you then?
0: Yeah, I I know. I know that day is not too far away. So enjoy your TV as long as you can.
1: All right, a big thank you to both Brian and Brady for taking the time to chat on today's episode of Media Noise. As uh, we look at next week, I guess maybe we will get in a little bit more to the NFL schedule. You know what I've noticed every week? I say coming up next week, and then we never get to it. So I'm not going to do that. How about I just say talk to you next week, everybody.
0: This concludes our broadcast day. Thanks for listening to the Media Noise podcast with Dimitri Ravanos. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review and check back soon for new episodes. To stay up to date on the latest sports media happenings, visit BarrettSportsMedia.com.